And we are live with audio only. Let me get everything plugged in. So what I need you to do is turn your phone onto Twitter, and we're going to immediately see if the audio on Twitter is terrible this time. So we don't make a Twitter faux pas. plugged into our new oh this doesn't work beautiful all right so this is only for only for TikTok. good to know good to know disappointing but good to know turns out a ring light is only good for TikTok. who would have thought maybe we're just doing using it wrong the ring light stand is a little bit taller even without it being on might be a better use. Oh yeah, that'll work. I'm just dumb. Are you talking to yourself now? I am. You're supposed <laughs> to be responding. Do you like how You're just leaving me hanging out to dry here? Oh, Swiss <laughs> took my spot. Yeah, like it. Oh no! The ring light! I'm still figuring out the ring light stand. Alright, how's that look? Because I don't want to touch this thing anymore. I don't know. Everything's blocking the view on the phone. I can't see how it's placed. You can just look for Swiss. Swiss looks good. All right. I'm going to hit record. Swiss says it's always perfect. We're recording. I'm going to go live. And we are live. Good morning, everyone. Now, Elle Lestrange, could you please check your Twitter phone? Uh, to make sure that our audio, Twitter phone. your Twitter phone, is, our audio is not terrible. Uh, as you can see, this week I've been replaced by uh, Swistopher James Robinson. Swistopher, how you doing today, buddy? Yeah? Now yeah, you're excited about the unboxing, Swiss? <laughs> Super into the unboxing, huh, buddy? Alright, so go to, go, to, go to our Twitter. Turn on our Twitter. We're going to get a little bit of reverb. But I need to make sure that the microphone isn't completely borked. And if it is, I'll just unplug it. Uh, oh, here we are. Okay. Oh, I didn't set it to uh, do not disturb and all that. Maybe I should just restart the live. You think I should just restart the live? How does it sound? See? The audio's borked, so I gotta restart the live anyway. Alright, cool. Alright. Restarting momentarily. I guess that microphone got fucked up somehow, so, oh well. I'll play with it, I'll put it in for the audio-only microphone. It's technically a better microphone, we'll see. By chance, have you inspected it for cat teeth? Cat teeth, cat hair, catastrophic. Alright. So, that's why I wanted you to check, because last week's show was kind of bad. But we can restart the live, and I'm going to set the phone to airplane mode. I'm going to put it in do not disturb mode. All right, we're on do not disturb. Cool. Let's go back to twitter.com. We're going to go live again. Paste. All right. 
Got to set the camera back up. Again, the beauty of live television, everyone. Okay. Swiss, are you in frame? Is Swiss in the frame? Swiss is here. Swiss is here. Swiss is always perfect. He, he's always doing it right. He's always on time. You work around him. All right, here we go. Make it work. <laughs> All right, and we are live again. Now I'm adjusting the camera because it looks wonky. And Elle Strange, can you check and see if this is live? Now we'll find out if it's my phone that's working. Hey! All right, buddy. He's got to get up if I'm going to do the unboxing. I think people would prefer to see him. I know people would prefer to see him, but it's my show. <laughs> Come on, Bo. Come on, Bo. Come here, Swiss. You can sit. Go to your mom. Go to your mom. Give your mom a hug. There you go. All right, everybody. Hello and welcome to the finally this week's episode of the Read Pile. Uh, audio problems be damned. We are good to go. I didn't plug in the phone, though, so we're on lower battery. So I'll have to go quick. But that's okay. Worst case scenario, I can plug in the phone's battery. It is time, though, for what we... Huh? So what is it that we got in the mail? We got... So from Roy Sharpton himself, we got our copies of the Space Bastards, Volume 3, Volume 4, the Special Edition hardcovers. Uh, L, if you want to grab Volumes 1 and Volumes 2, they're over there on the left. Yep, grab those for us. Thank you. So we were originally gifted. This is the coolest thing we've ever been gifted since we restarted the show. This is Volumes 1 and Volume 2 of the of the oversized hardcovers. This came with all this amazing got swag. The got the backs. Thank you. <laughs> and when Volume 3 and Volume 4 officially said that they were coming out, we had to get in on that. And we got probably the first, maybe, I don't know, 10 or 15 orders. It didn't matter. We knew we were getting them. But now, as you can see, I've taken our logo off here. I know. We're definitely saving. <laughs> Roy, will, Roy will not be harmed. Are you ready for the unboxing? I am. All right, here we go. This showed up by parcel transfer from Roy himself. No Manny, no, uh, no, uh, what's his name? Prazak, I forget his name. Uh, but no, this came from Roy specifically, probably, or some guy at the USPS. Anyway, here we go. We have not seen what's in here. Now, I know for a fact that some of the boxes were shipped with a special weapon included. And I hope we may be lucky enough to have one of those included. But if not, we did order the special version of it, which comes with the autographed copies, because okay. our first two are autographed as well. In fact, if you want to grab the uh, one of the volume ones there or whatever, you can see the autograph on the inside cover. There we are. Show them. That's autographed by, uh, is it, uh, Peterson and Aubrey, I believe. Anyway, here we go. All right, we have not seen any here. Okay, packaging looks good. Packaging looks good. I don't think we got a weapon. That's too bad, but oh well. All right, here we go. First box out. Second box out. Nothing else in there. Maybe the weapons were a joke and I took it too far. Who's to say? I was hoping for a butcher's knife. I'm just saying. Open up this guy. All right, L. I gotta, you you got to do the whole thing? Ooh. Go ahead, Vanna. Oh, look how they package the corners, too. That's so smart. Oh, man. So that's volume four you got there. Oh, yeah. And signed. And signed, of course. Of course, as requested, as demanded. Very cool. Oh, very nice. 
Alright, let's get volume three out here. Here, show them while I'm unboxing volume three. Now, you guys can get a copy uh, for yourselves by just going to spacebastards.com, uh, and you should be able to order your own. I highly recommend the oversized hardcovers because they are gorgeous and really do make for a very nice set. Let me get this out of here. There's volume three there. Open that up. Really, really, really nice set. What's in the back? Oh, yeah. Oh, of course, it's Zordak. Your, your favoritest boyfriend ever. Who's on the back of that one? I forget the guy's name, but I know, I know who he is. I forget his name. Oh, man. So this is cool. So the hardcovers are the way you're supposed to read the books. Mm -hmm. um, but we, of course, have all the humanoid comics that go with it. So there's, there's like the machete version on, on how you read it and then the regular version on how you read it. But... We now have all four volumes. Let's get all of them together like a big happy family. Oh, we're going to have to make room. We are going to have to make room. It's okay. I'll, I'll figure it out. But look at this. Yeah, let's just put these here. Oh, that's good. Wait a minute. What? Hold on. There's something weird going on down here. Like, the glass. Roy's glasses are all... It, it makes an image. Oh, we had it backwards. Look at that. So, in the bottom here is Roy's Shattered uh, Aviators. Very that. nice. Very nice! Where's my goddamn machete? Alright. <laughs> I wanted a machete! That was really cool, though. I Thank highly you. recommend it. If you haven't checked out Space Faster Jet, please do. Uh, I'm going to put these down here for right now. Ah, mm -hmm. uh, What a good way to start the show. Very good. Very lovely. Uh, so thank you for joining everybody. That was the unboxing portion. We're very excited about that. I'm going to go through and reread Space Bastards now that I've got all four volumes and report back after my findings. I am, of course, the Sussman Rick Sussman, joined as always by the original Angry Nerd Girl herself, Elle Lestrange. We are Team Repile. We are coming to you live on Twitter. We have an upload coming to our YouTube, also at the Repile. And of course, you can find us on Anchor with the rest of our friends at the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network, the WNRN. L. Uh, there was some comic book news this week, but it was, was of the it? there was it was of the hilarious variety. Ah, okay. Did you know that the Jared Leto led Morbius, the Living Vampire movie, debuted this week? Only because, for some reason, on my Instagram, I'm getting ads for it. Right, as you should, because you know social media—that's what its purpose is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not on Facebook enough to really know, and then right. Twitter, same, not on there enough. But so that's where I do see it, and I—I'll be honest. Every time I saw it, I swept—I swiped right past it. Yeah, uh, and I don't care. So <laughs> hold on, Onyx. Do we got to do this already, buddy? Where's my Where's my random piece of paper to crumple up for Onyx to get it off my computer? Go get it. Every day. Anyway, so what's funny about Morbius more than anything mm -hmm. is that apparently it's a steaming pile of shit. Mm. And unfortunately, it is the lowest rated Marvel movie ever. Which is funny, because prior to this, do you know what the lowest rated DC movie ever was? Just like... No. Oh. No. What? 
Suicide Squad, which featured Jared Leto as Joker. So Jared Leto now has... Do you think maybe he might be a poison? (laughs) One has to wonder at this point. Now, um, notable folks have seen the movie and said it was pretty good. Gail Simone said she had a good time, thought it was a fun romp. Gail's very forgiving about movies, though. She tends to be pretty cool about that. She doesn't really want to shit on anyone's art, and I understand that. She'll tear you apart, but she's a nice person. She's very, (laughs) very sweet about doing it. But, I mean, I'm not really of the age anymore that I care if a movie is good, bad, or indifferent. We, We really don't have any room. We literally will sit and watch entire... You know, runs of horror movies like we yeah. we watched all of the Leatherface series, all the Texas Chainsaw series. Oh, where you do get to my pile? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> um, but I do think it's funny that apparently Jared Leto's Morbius is not good, and I find that to be kind of comical because no one was really asking for this movie either. But why didn't they even give? Why? Why is there nobody else? <laughs> all I know is we also I got the first movie. The do- oh yeah, Matt Smith. Apparently, Matt Smith is like one of the standout moments of the movie. Well, I'm just saying, like he. I, Matt Smith can't I make a good movie. Him, huh? He can't make a good movie. His other movie that he was a big part of was Terminator Genesis. He just he he, mm. he did one thing. He did it he really well. At it. Yeah. It, 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 he he should bank on it. Yeah, I mean, David Tennant at least got to be the Purple Man in you know uh, the Defenders mo- series, uh, and he did well, well there. Good omens. With, and Good Omens, yes, of course. How could I forget Good Omens? Very good point. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, being the doctor, uh, Christian Eccleson, he was the doctor, and he was at one time in the worst Marvel movie ever made, which was Thor 2. So maybe being the doctor is not a good sign that you should move on to a Marvel franchise. <laughs> they hire me. This is it for you. No, uh, you, you realize that. Th- After this, everything's a struggle. <laughs> God, Jody. Jody, look out! Um, feel bad for Jody. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, now... That said, we also got the premiere episode of Moon Knight. We I talked about the crown. Oh, he was in the crown. The crown was good. Yeah, was that's say, not a movie. Like that. That's not a movie. No, no, that's no. I'm just saying, but no, no. See, we're, we're, it's still a job. Why? There's a fly on you. Why? <laughs> you don't see it. Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, where was I? Oh, yes, Moon Knight. Moon Knight. And I can't think of Moon... By the way, now that I've seen all of Ghosts, the original BBC, I can't see the word Moon Knight or see the word Moon at all without thinking away that, the way that Robin pronounces it. Moon Moon So Moon Knight came on this week. Side note, if you're going to watch Ghosts... Watch the original BBC version. <laughs> so good! Um, what did you think of Moon Knight? Because he is one of my favoriteest characters of all time. Uh, I always meant to, but never got my ass around to buying his first appearance, which for the longest time was maybe 20 bucks. Now it's like 300 It is, once again, a character I knew nothing about that they were able to bring up and kind of remind everybody, like, hey, remember this character? Hey, we got, cool. we, we got some good stuff here at Marvel. Some yeah. crazy, weird vampire by night, st- uh, werewolf by night related stuff. I'm excited. I think... For me, for somebody that does not know a lot about the character, has not read the comics, obviously, if I don't know the character, uh, and it was a good introduction for me, in particular, because it, it was so well done in that first episode that it made you question things, like, why is this guy, you know, tying himself up, you know, not to give too much away, you know, but just... 
seeing like why is he doing this? You know, why why is he having to do this to himself to make sure that not just himself but others around her him are are safe? And so you get that big mystery already building like from the very beginning. Right. And then from there the shit just gets crazy, man. Just like random things, things that you don't don't realize and the effects from him jumping. Yes, where his body the the shake and even the noise, they had everything just done perfectly and Hang on. Onyx, what are you doing, buddy? He's killing me over here. Okay, well then go get him. Come here. Come here, sir. Sir. Alright. So Yes, the the time jump I thought they did a really great job of showing now, the only problem I have with it is um, I didn't like the end sequence where he becomes Moon Knight. I thought that was a little weird, where like the suit actually shows up for some reason. But this could be easily explained by him being psychotic, and we'll find out more later. And I also know that there's more than one version of Moon Knight, because again, I watched it. I know, I know, the, I know the character. And we're seeing, you know, Mark Spector is part of the Moon Knight body, and there's... Lots of crazy things happening. I don't know how the character is supposed to be in the comic. But to me, I think it's fine. I'm ready to accept however the costume showed up. <laughs> because you're already dealing with somebody that has, like, just no, one sp- yeah. personality, but multiple. And then there's, like, some kind of entity that's involved. A god. I don't know that 100%. They haven't been explained. Oh, it's a god. For me, I'm just saying, for me, with no knowledge going into it, I would still be questioning all these things. I don't know what's what yet. So seeing everything and how it's kind of unfolded, having the costume just kind of show up is fine. Okay. Well, if you say it's fine, your opinion, honestly, in this situation is going to trump my own. It is. It is. Because you're you're what the audience is supposed to be. You don't even know what a Moon Knight is, let alone care what it's going to be I didn't even know there's... A moon knight. The, uh, moon knight. the moon knight. Moon knight. But yeah, you and and for those of you who don't know, Moon Knight was well, it was Marvel's attempt to rip off Batman. It really was. Um, think about it. It's not that hard to figure out. But one of my favorite parts of that show was when he does finally go full Moon Knight, uh-huh. and we get to see how Moon Knight acts in. Re- this show require. I don't know if it was this show specifically, but with this update, Disney Plus forces you to decide if you're 18 or older. And I gotta tell you, Moon Knight goes in. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like the idea of that though. They are saying, look, we're not going to restrict, you know, the creativity yeah. that people want in these movies because some of these comic book movies are going to get a little graphic. Yeah. No matter what your level of graphic, you know, is to like, you. Like Deadpool's baby penis. But to other people, they'd be like, oh my god. But so this is, this allows people to be able to say, it, it's a little stop. Hey, you sure? You sure about this? You sure? You sure you want to go this route? You want to see a baby penis. You want to see the baby penis. Go straight to baby penis. But yeah, you yeah, can see, totally, you, you can see Moon Knight, like, he went, he went in, like, you, yeah. the, the sound effects and the gore and, whoo, oh my. It's, oh man, it, I, I very much enjoyed it, uh, and I don't know this actor, 
but Oscar Isaac? I don't. Well, I don't. I don't know him off the top of my head. Poe Dameron. Sure, I've seen him play. Poe Dameron in all three of the new Star Wars movies. Okay. He was the the the, the, the He was the X-wing pilot. Okay. That he and uh, Finn may or may not have been together the whole time. You know, I don't know they'll... what the fuck you're talking about. <sighs> okay. Okay. <laughs> He's the dad in Dune with the big beard. Oh, for God's sake! Oscar Isaac is great. <laughs> the one problem I have with it, and I've said this since day one, and I'll say it forever and ever. Moon Knight was the first openly Jewish character outside of Kitty Pride that I knew of as a kid. And they haven't mentioned that yet. I think there is a moment, I want to say there is a moment where he speaks a little Yiddish or something. I feel like there was a moment in the show, I'd have to go back and watch it again, where they, they kind of like nodded or hinted at him maybe being Sephardic a little bit. Or Ashkenazi or something like that. And he's supposed to be a Jew. And for me, that's a big deal. Obviously, that's a big deal. Um... I don't know if, if Disney is going to allow that. Now, to be fair, they have moved away from religion almost completely with all of their characters. Um, you get a very like uh, very brief moment where Captain America mentions that he meets two gods, and his religion is still you know he's still very much a, a strong Catholic. Um, Iron Man, Tony Stark, is st- still an atheist, even though he knows actual gods. Um, so they, it, it, I could sit here and poo-poo this as much as I want, and I'd be well within my right to, but I will say this, Marvel as a whole has moved these characters away from any religious backgrounds and ties, period. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know how that's going to work out with Moon Knight, not because he's Jewish, but because he has a great connection with the vampire world as well, you know, all these monster-by-night stuff. And as we know, what's the number one thing that vampires kind of hate the most, aside from garlic and steaks? I don't know. Crosses. We'll see. Anyway, I'm really happy to hear that you liked the first Moon Knight. I thought it was great. And of course, the fact that they're using Kid Cudi's uh, Day and Night uh, as sort of the theme song. Really, really cool. Uh, And there was, if you look it up on Twitter, I just saw it the other day, uh, or last night, there's apparently Moon Knight has been added to the Avengers um, campus. You could see a Moon Knight character, like, fling his cape around. And walk away at one point, and that's pretty cool. That's over in uh, Disneyland, not Disney World, the Avengers Campus. That's neat. Mm. Anyway. I, I have no clue what you're talking about. Oh, don't worry about I, it. I don't know anything then about Disney. The, <laughs> the, people, the people listening across the universe will understand. <laughs> the other people out there that actually do go to Disney. <laughs> Assuming this all isn't in my head, yes. Now, Elle, you have a read pile for us this week. Yes. Funny thing. <laughs> <laughs> I had nothing on my repile. I had nothing except for one, one book. One book. And it was a Wonder Woman special. Uh, that, so that wasn't really much. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily, I had, yes, I had a list of things that I thought about looking into that were number ones, but little question marks. And a lot fell through, and I was like, nope, don't want to. Uh, but our comic shop actually threw in a couple of books that were number ones that I did not even know were available this week. Uh, one of which I thought was coming out next week. Uh, Maybe it and, does! <laughs> <laughs> and then, no, 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 I looked back at my list, it, it was there. Oh, okay. um, but in my head. Uh, I understand. And then another one was uh, something I didn't even know about. So 
Luckily, that bought me up to a grand total of four books this week. One more than last week, you slacker. <laughs> Ever since you had 12 books, all of a sudden... Have I... you seen the things I have to like contact them about? Like, I didn't want to... My list of things to order for next week and yes. the week following yes. is so long, I refuse to stand there and go through the list with them while we were at the shop. I will, I will text I it will, to you. I will message you. When, and you can do it when you have time. <laughs> you guys are busy. It's game day. <laughs> Lots of people gaming here. I had a I had a hair appointment to make my face look less ridiculous. And that was cute. How you're like, I've got so many things. We should just leave. <laughs> it's mm, mm, there's too many things. Just, All right. Well, what are these books that you are so happy to have had the opportunity to review, Ella Strange? Shall we begin with the reviewings? Yes. All right. What do we got? Alright, so this is Scout Comics number one, this is Cities of Magic, magic spelt kind of funkily, and then we can see sort of the Statue of Liberty, but it's like that steampunky stuff going on. Interesting cover. So, Scout Comics is a, a smaller press, uh, I think it's local to Florida, I want to say like the Tampa area. Uh, we get a lot of Scout Comics because our store has a good relationship with Scout, mm -hmm. um, and every now and again they come out with something that we're really excited about. Yeah, speaking of, and so, also, just to mention... Uh, because we found so many good comics through Scouts, I'd, I'd like to be able to talk about them for just a moment. Go for and it. Tell people know that they do have a subscription box. Oh. We wouldn't do it. Right. You know, we are like you just said, our comic shop has a very good relationship with them, and our shop knows to put those comics in our box. <laughs> <laughs> we do get a shot at a Scout comic every single week. I will say that. Yeah. And some so weeks to are... us, we're kind of getting our own. Yeah, it's know? like, yeah, we, we, thank you. So, we're, but we're covered. there are a lot of people out there that don't go to a, a, a comic shop. They buy it solely online. online. Yep. So this is something really cool you mm -hmm. know, to try out. Or maybe if you have, you know, somebody that is just starting to get into comics and right. everything, and you're like, hey, here, here, you know, I'm gifting you this subscription box. Which is pretty you know, cool. To, to try out, see if there's anything you like, blah, blah, blah. So, I think it's pretty cool that they have that. I think it would kind of be a little nutty to have a subscription to, like, everybody. On, right. Let, let's say Aftershock has one, and then DC has You know, it, well, if, that would be a little much. But if we could afford I think it, this is do a really it. good option because yeah. these are uh, from Scout Comics. You don't always also see them in all comic shops. That's true. So to be able to have that availability for them in particular, mm. I think is a really good idea. So one of these days when we are able to get back to a convention, and you mention it, Aftershock specifically, Aftershock sells mystery boxes at conventions that are full of like random issue ones, autographs, like slabbed comics. I love that. And, and I love that Scout is like, hey, we know we're a small press. How would you like to get on board with us and get, you know, everything? Yeah. I think that's really, really cool. And we, we mention this almost every week. It truly is a golden age for comic book collecting right now. The negative is I don't know what to do with all these books anymore. And also there's a paper shortage and I can't get any bags and boards. <laughs> so tell us about Cities of Magic. All right. So city uh, Cities of Magic. Uh, was actually very cute uh, in a way uh, to me, but uh, as far as just how it, it's it's another uh, this is how the world fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, many of those so, these days. So, so yes, I know cute's not the right word, but uh, it can be for it, you. It, to me, it kind of is like oh another story. Uh, but basically, there it refers to. Uh, 
the Nexus arrives. Okay. But it's not explained what the Nexus is, but you can see that it's consumed the Earth in a way with whatever, like, power or whatever. Sure. Who knows? But it shows you, like, a picture of the Earth, and you can see that it's been covered in, like, this... Goo? No, not goo. Just, like, this aura. You see? Oh, oh, so that's an outstanding aura around the Earth. Yeah, you so can So the see Earth, that. like, expands But you can bit. see how it's shut down technology. Because right. phones stop working, planes are dropping from the sky, so on and so forth. So they are basically having to restart... In, with all that. So there's a lot of devastation. I'm sure lots and lots of people have died over that because if plays are just dropping out of the ground, there's a good chance that person didn't survive. <laughs> yes. So you're seeing that super clean, but they don't even get into it in depth. They just show you it's one page with three little pictures of like this is where examples. we're at. This is where we're at. Yeah. It's like, look, this this happened. You've, you've seen this story. <laughs> That's cool. We're not going to focus on that. We're going to we're going to talk they're about not, what's going yeah, on. Yeah, they're not going through the devastation. They are just telling you this is what happened. Now jump forward 150 years. This is where we're at. And you're introduced to people that are out and about. They are, I guess, scavenging or just looking, researching uh, to find whatever they find. You know, mm. in any story of post-apocalyptic times uh, or just tragedy and, and everything, you, you see those boys going out to forage. Yeah. Uh, so here... Foraging. Yeah. <laughs> so here, they actually come across something uh, very powerful. Uh, it's a type of, like, magic or something, and then eventually, you know, once one person finds it, it, it starts to spread, 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 spread over the, over the world. Gotcha. So now they are in a world... With magic. With magic. With magic. And amongst any civilization, you're going to have pe some people that just don't believe, some people that do, no matter how much it's like in your face mm -hmm. kind of thing. So we are introduced to a kid uh, that does not believe. He believes in the old times. He believes in electricity. Ooh. And the way they try to pronounce it, one one lady that's referring to electricity, yeah. the way she says it, she's like, oh yeah, you're one of those kids. You're into like... Electro and she's like, and you can see how she's trying to say yeah. it right. It's been so long. Like it. Yeah, and, and so it's that's the part that's cute. <laughs> Those little things. That's what's cute. So it's it's. I feel like Will Tempest is doing I, a good I world like, here. I like the world that they created here. Yeah, uh, and. The story that's going along with this, it looks like we're really going to be focused on this kid. This kid that does not believe. Uh, the, the one that doesn't believe in magic, mm -hmm. is he's actually affected directly by it in here. Uh, and it, he, his life is on the line at this point. Uh, so now he's at the point, it's like, dude, it, it, you kind of got to believe it. It's killing you. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, there's there's a lot going on. I, I think right, well, we're going to see him try to basically seek his revenge, I guess, in so some way. Is this going to be on the read pile next week? I think I have to. Okay. I have to. Okay. Because Good. I I want to know more about this world. I think it was so perfectly set up in this first issue mm -hmm. that it's definitely grasped my attention. Frankie, stop eating the poster. Those are words I never thought I'd have to say out loud. Frank. 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 No, those are comics. God, you little monster. You little, yeah, yeah, that's right, run away. Okay, oh, 
got her system out. Okay. All right, next up on your read pile. Now that Frank is eating, actually eating comics out of the... Oh, my God. Does anyone want any cats? Can I offer you... All kinds of cats. We have so many cats. We have two... We have two tortoiseshell cats, and they're the worst. Do you want them? I'm going to punt them. What do you got? You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Black Caravan Presents Playthings, issue one. The next few books will be horror-related, because Elle Strange is a weirdo. Okay. So, art on the outside. <laughs> yeah. You see how it's very water Very watercolor-esque. Yeah. I, I really like it. Yeah. And I will say this. Part of me was afraid because I was like, is the whole comic going to be like that? Because yeah. I, I can't do it. It's hard for me to see a whole comic and well, this kind of art. It, Andrea Muti does a great it, job with his with his colors. It just, it has to be done. I'm just saying it worries me sometimes. Okay, sometimes fair I enough. can't handle it. Uh, and it, it's not that it's not beautiful or anything. It's that you love it's Parasomia. hard. Yeah, it, it's hard sometimes for me to go with that flow. Fair enough. Uh, you might say it about the the wordage in your first comment. I don't know what you're so, talking about. Moving on. This week, sometimes your eyes just can't adjust to to it. Just rip off part of the throat. But it is different on the inside. Oh, no, that is rip. But I love it. I love this. Like, let me just see something real quick. I don't know. The A lot of. Travis Williamson. Just want to shout out to the artist. Travis Williamson. Yes. Very cool. I love it. Uh, I love how the beginning of this, and you begin it with very vibrant. so much color. Yeah. But it's not a perky story. Yeah. <laughs> well, I... You I'm, can see how it... it oh, the it, colors... It, it, oh, the colors naturally fade. That's really cool. And it gets darker as you go. Yes. Oh, my God. That's actually brilliant. That's brilliant. You, you, you get to see the inclusion of blacks, and yeah. almost the entire book becomes completely and then black. And this, this little character that I'm going to talk to you about, yeah. he presents himself. You see the bold color in his, his in him talking. Right. So, basically, what, we're, yeah, we, what we have here in this comic, uh, a woman wakes up, tied to a chair, with licorice. Uh, Isn't that always the case? <laughs> if I had a nickel. If things weren't so... Bad enough. Now it's you licorice. You use fucking licorice. The worst. Candy There's a recession. Ever. <laughs> it's the only thing licorice is good for. It's, it's red licorice. Was it? I thought it was black licorice. Yeah. Looks like it's red. Oh no, it's red. Okay, fine. Forgiven. I can eat that. Are they red vines? Are they, Are they oh, red vines? Red vines would never twist like that. Because they're just wax. It is. They would yeah, melt. They don't bend. Well, let me. Add, so, how did you like play this? <laughs> Well, okay, so I loved it because how it did start up, just like with the last comic, it how it begins, it gets your attention, and then it takes you in. Uh, so in this one, you have a woman tied to a chair. The fact that she's referring to being tied up uh, with licorice is amazing. I love that idea. She can see, She can see uh, a lot of, you know, toys around her and everything, so she's very weirded out about the situation. I mean, she's just is there tied a, up there with a bikini on. It's <laughs> ridiculous. I feel like there's um there's a character that we used to wa- like follow who would do this. I don't know, but I uh, we instantly get this flashback, okay? Mm-hmm. And we finally we see how she gets to it because she's ah. talking to herself. She's like, "How did I get here?" You know, she's trying to run her memory. She's like, "Okay, my name is you know, this this is where it began. This is okay. It was a box. We, we there was a box. This is where it started. And you do the flashback, and you find out how we come across this character. You'll see it right there on the cover. You know, so it's 
it's very good. I absolutely love it. I love the idea of this little plaything that basically they come in contact with. It's that typical little girl gets a random gift with her name on it. That's uh, what it is. It's, it's, the, it's the Abigail thing or whatever the hell that was. I know Chucky. I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, to me, I'm thinking more like Chucky. Yeah, yeah no, same, 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 yeah. same, same, same. So, same. If, you, if you've seen Chucky, you're going to, yeah, yeah. and you like Chucky, you'd like this. It, I get it's that. not exactly like it. It's got its own feeling. Its own to personality. It. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but I. I still love it. I love that idea. They're, they are taking a, a story that's kind of been told already, but they're going to do their own twist to it. You can yeah. see how it's already different Absolutely. in this first issue, uh, which absolutely gets me excited. I, I like the idea of this creepy little doll just you know, appearing and everything and only talking to uh, the child at first. You know, it goes for the one that's going to accept it. Yeah, know, that, right? that is yeah. that is very Chucky-esque. Yeah, like, hey, you know, let, let's talk. You know, you, you want to talk to me about this birthday party you're going to? <laughs> you know, like, he's just... He, 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 he's trying to stand up for the child, uh, pretty much. And uh, you can just see things go south very quickly. But... I just, I can't get enough horror stuff like that. I really can't. Well, good. And the artwork along with it is just beautiful. So, of course, I'm going to continue reading this. Uh, and uh, I know I made the connection with Chucky. I'm not trying to bring this comic down in any way. I'm just saying that's my relation to it, and I can see that connection, and I'm going to very much enjoy their originality to the story. Cool. What else you got? Oh, really? So it's still your pick of the week anyway? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what mine is. Oh, really? Oh, so we don't have a pick of the week? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. My, my apologies. What do we have here? This is a pentagram of horror. I can't read it if you jammed it. <laughs> pentagram of horror. <laughs> ah, that hurts. Black Caravan. I'm going to turn the ring light on. Uh, Black Caravan issue. Now, this is interesting. This is issue one of five, and it says it very plainly on the cover. Uh-huh. It also lets you know that it's 18 plus, which makes me wonder why the other ones aren't marked as such. And it's also five ninety nine because holy God, that's a lot of comic book. Because this talks about the devil. The devil. The devil. And then there is some gruesome stuff. Ooh, Do you want me to show it? It's very, oh, sure. That's a really good splash page. Zoom in on the camera. Look at that. I'm gonna sell the book to to someone out there. So, <laughs> um, so what is this? This is is this an anthology series? Is it? It is. Okay. So it is to me. Once again, I'm going to relate this to things I already know. Of course, world. as you would. I'm I, sure they were. Tro- I, I'm sure they were biting off it for good reason. Yeah, showing their love for those features. Yes, and so this is very uh, Tales of the Crypt, uh, Black Mirror kind of thing. You know, where you're getting these uh, contained, well, kind of contained <laughs> stories. Uh, uh, in each issue. So we are going to get five stories. Okay. Uh, this first one uh, is uh, called The Price of Talent, question mark, uh, because, well, on the, what is it called? It, my Own Hell is what it's called, but the question for this story gotcha. is, what's the price of uh, talent? And it's about a man that basically, he sells his soul for talent, story talent that will 
make him famous, get him a lot of money, so on and so forth. Uh, but his reward isn't what he thought it would be. Uh, and he, he, he ends up in a hell that I believe is actual hell. Ah. Because to me, I've always thought of, okay, well, if you're just repeatedly going through the same torture over and over again, eventually your brain will shut down from it and you will go numb. Right. Uh, and it's, it's basically a form of conditioning. Yeah. So, to me, I've never fully understood. But the here, yeah. yeah, but here, it's explained so well. It, this guy is brought back to the beginning of his torture every, every time. Yeah. So he's brought back to it like it's just now starting. Yeah. Over and over and over again. We find out he's been there for decades. Of course, it's a hell loop. Yeah. Yeah. Hell loops are a new, newfangled form of hell, yeah. um, where it's all psychological and you have to restart and you never remember anything. Because, like you said, like one of my favorite stories of all time about you know hell, eternal burning. Is there was this comedian. I wish I remember the comedian's name, but he had this great stand-up. And he's like, don't you think like after the first like I don't know ten thousand times you saw the devil walking around, you wouldn't really care anymore? Like the first you know five hundred times, oh my god, the devil, the devil, oh, I'm in hell. But after like the ten thousandth time, you're talking to your buddy like, hey buddy, what's going on? How's it going? And then you, oh, there's the devil, ah, it's devil. Almost like, it's almost like when you're going to Halloween Horror Nights, and then like you're like. Someone's going to jump out over there. there. This is where they jump out. This is and they jump out. Hey, hello. Out hello. Ah, oh, that's a chainsaw. Oh, ah, I can ah. see you. Oh, hello. I can see you ahead. Hello. So, yeah. So, the idea of a hell loop is, um, it was seen a lot in Lucifer <laughs> TV series, but it's 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 something else. We actually see it originally in Hellraiser 2, because the guy keeps killing his wife over and over, or the, the women who are taunting him in hell. So... I love this. I think that's great. I love any any kind of super gore, super like uh, creepy horror, and I love the idea that it's one of five, and that you go into it knowing it's an anthology. Unlike, say, the Silver Coin. Yeah, I I love this first story, but I don't think I could read five issues of that same story. Right. Like, unless they were going to break it up and say, okay, next now now this. Yeah, well, the next issue is... We're going to talk about another person that went to hell kind of thing. But it it might still. It says United in Hate, and it looks like it's going to be, like, about the Ku Klux Klan. So I I do want to keep reading. I want to see what kind of other stories they have. But this particular story, uh, I liked it. Yeah. I thought it was good. Marco Fontanelli did a very good job with the coloring. I like the pacing. Obviously, I flipped through it. Um, I, I think it's cool. Um... My issue with it, and again, I didn't read it, so you're you know, certainly allowed to have your uh, opinions. I'm kind of with you, like, but I also am going in with this massive preconceived notion of the silver coin, where I I can't get away from that book, no matter how hard I try. This one says it's only five. Right. Uh, and you'll only read five because Swamp Thing is not on your read file this week. They told me. They said. <laughs> they told me there was a cutoff, and I went with that. <laughs> Onyx, Oni. Ah, for God's sake. All right. We've got cats. We've got pentagrams. You have one more book on your read pile. I do. Not your pick of the week. Do you know what your pick of the week is going to be? I have a feeling I know what your pick of the week is going to be. I'm just going to put it over here. I'm just going to oh, put wait. that there. I didn't, I didn't even write anything for this one. Oh, no. Well, it's it's kind of self-explanatory. This is Sensational Wonder Woman, the Sensational Wonder Woman special, or basically the annual for Sensational Wonder Woman. 
it's a collection of stories about a book that is a collection of stories. So instead of just having one sensational Wonder Woman issue, you get like three, I guess? I think there's technically four. Well, but you know what I mean. But two, so in this book, which I thought was, one thing that stood out to me. Yes. Is the fact that the first and the last stories were shorter than the two middle ones. Gotcha. Uh, so four total. Right. And and so I I just felt that was a little weird that two of the stories were overwhelming and the. It felt like it was two issues the, and then two filler, amount, not like, filler stories, two mo- smaller stories. It was stories. like a little appetizer at the beginning, like and a, a, little light, a, little, a light dessert, a little yeah. sorbet, a, sorbet. <laughs> a little sorbet, sorbet. Uh, but then you had like your two big stories, and I thought that was a little overwhelming. I get that, because you don't go into a, a, a multi, because if you look at the front of the book, there's tons of artists, tons of writers, so you'd expect there to be lots of small stories, right? Yeah, and... I might be wrong. Maybe it just felt that way after reading it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is about the Blue Snowman. Love the Blue uh, Snowman making so many hits these and days. And it also uh, talks about a little boy named Will that wants to dress up like Wonder Woman. Oh, well, that's cool. And so I thought that was really good to include that. And be yeah. like, look, you, you be what you want to be. Yeah. You know? And you see him being picked on by some other kids that... They don't refer to him as being a boy dressing up as a girl, really, you know, like, bullying him, that in particular, but more, they they say, they make it sound more like it's like, oh, Wonder Woman sucks. Why do you want to be Wonder Woman? She's uh, only the second most powerful entity on the planet. And I was like, I just thought that was weird. I was like, really, guys? You're like, you don't think Wonder Woman's like, but whatever. Kids are kids. Boys will be so, boys. Of course... These kids are going to be shown, but that's wrong. <laughs> that Wonder Woman is awesome. Yeah. And Will gets to help out. So it's a very cute story about, you know, him uh, being able to kind of get more strength within yeah. for himself. You should, be, you should be proud of your heroes that you're you know, proud of. Absolutely. And like, hey, you know, I like Wonder Woman. I'm going to step by Wonder Woman. Lexi's just a badass. She just saved your ass. <laughs> and you see that a lot. Uh, and uh, Blue Snowman... To me, I, I I feel like it's not a comical character. It's not supposed to be a comical but character. But it's Blue Snowman. It's ridiculous. But and the, the creator the character was made in like the talk. 50s, right? It's hard to talk about Blue Snowman. It's the Blue <laughs> Snowman. Like, oh, really? no. It's Blue oh, Snowman. We're bringing in Blue Snowman. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they changed his name to Shazam because Captain Marvel was too... Do- but Blue Snowman. Nah, we're good, Hoss. All is... I also like the fact that every superhero needs to have some snow-powered villain that to fight them. At, like, everyone has one. Who's your snow-powered villain? Blue <laughs> Snowman. Ooh, I don't know about that. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Like, oh, no, Blue Snowman is attacking the city again. Really? Did anyone, I don't know, hit it with a heat gun? Or, like, at least Captain Cold has, like a, like, a menacing name. Mr. Freeze, Captain Cold, Icicle, you know, Killer Frost. Blue Snowman. I don't know. Blue Snowman sounds like a bad uh, 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 name for a drag queen. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, the rest of the stories, eh, they were alright. Nothing, not one in particular really stood out to me. And I don't know why. It's not that they were bad. 
Well, you get a lot of this. You get a lot of these kind of like cool short Wonder Woman stories. So they Mm kind of need to stand out, don't they? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny that it starts with a story of some of the kids, you know, not believing in Wonder Woman and being able to protect them. And then it also ends with a couple of kids that are like on a field trip Mm -hmm. uh, to the, the Hall of Justice to you know, learn about the heroes and stuff. And they're complaining about how, oh, we got to do this every year, and every year is the same fucking tour. <laughs> like, the costumes don't even change, and this and that. And and so they were just, you know, griping about things. And then here we are, Wonder Woman shows up, and this was one, like, I feel like this was, like, one of the longest stories. Yeah, like, this is going on for a while. It dragged, for, for me, I felt like it dragged on too much to be an anthology. Yeah, no, I, anthology I'm with you 100%. Series. Like, this is a full issue. Because it, it, it starts where it's these two girls, and then Cersei shows up, and Wonder Woman switches bodies, you know, Freaky Fridays, with, uh... A teenage girl, and this teenage girl has to like pull off being Wonder Woman until they can figure out how to fix things. So, but it goes on. So, swapped is the name is the name of the story. Yes. It's actually by our friend Stephanie Phillips, oddly enough. But this is a comic book. Yes. Like this is a full comic. I felt like it. It was a big chunk of it. No, no, like that is that is. If you got this as a regular issue. You would be happy with that. You're like, oh, well, that's a full comic book there. Yeah, like, what couldn't have been, a, like, a one-shot or something? I don't understand. That's know. a very good... You are making or, a very good or point. Or why is there not maybe more stories that's that, long, that, it, that are that long and everything? So, yeah. Very confusing. It was still a very good story. It just felt out of place... I, I understand. what it was binded with. I absolutely understand. That is very odd. If I picked up a $10 special edition that had all these different creators on it, I would expect maybe two or three pages max. Like they did that with um, Tales from the Dark Multiverse and all that. It's what they do for yeah. Sensational Wonder Woman. And Sensational Wonder Woman already does that. Why would you Why would you literally just include an entire comic and then wrap other tiny comics around it? That feels very dis- disingenuous. And the story was so extended out, like... It's a I, regular I comic. I understand it was something that had, it, there was a, it was a situation. No, no, it's, You know, yeah. Cersei's like ran off and then this girl's like, oh, I gotta pretend to be a woman or woman yeah. for a little while, blah, 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 blah. You know, and then they eventually figure out things and they fix things. But it, every step was like two, three pages. You right. Know, of like dealing with that, you know, and showing this and showing that. Very weird. And it just didn't fit the idea. into yeah. a book. Absolutely. Of other. Absolutely. Short stories. It wasn't a short story. No. It's a, it's a regular comic. Yeah. That's weird. It, it really was. Not that it was a, like I'm saying, it, it wasn't a bad but story. You don't, but it you was don't a even good story it, and I enjoyed reading it, but it really felt out but of that's place. But that's going to mess you up as a reader. That's going to screw with your head. Like you're reading two-page story, two-page story, two-page story. So when you get, And it's not even the first book, it's first story, it's the last one. So by the time you get to the start of Swapped, you're reading all these mini-stories, right? Like two pages, four pages, two pages... So you get to swap, and you're like, oh, I guess this is going to be another, like, two or three pages. By the time you get to, like, page seven, your brain is completely turned off. When I got to that point, I'm like, okay, so there's probably, I'm just, like, gauging. I'm like, there's probably, like, two more stories. I didn't look ahead to see the name of all of them, because, to me, that's part of the fun. No, I I agree. I like being able to, if I'm reading an anthology, you know, series, I love the idea of opening up the book and just jumping through. Sure. Because 
you already got me. I love Wonder Woman. I'm yeah. going to read every single one of them. I've already stated before in other shows that I will just I will read whatever you throw at me. Wonder Woman was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will give it a chance. And a lot of times in other comics, artwork can throw me off from wanting to read something. Yeah. Uh, because it just, you know, like I had mentioned earlier, it, it can kind of throw me off a little bit with the flow of stories. Um, but that's like that with anything. Like it, and but when you find that perfect like, meld, it's it's great. Uh, and I just no, I get that. But with I, this one, I I just thought it was so weird. I agree. I have no argument for that. I just flipped through the first one, which is the Blue Snowman story. It was only seven pages, which yeah. in and of itself is a little long for what I would consider to be a, a special anthology. Interesting side note, there is no creator page. Remember, in a lot of these books, you'll have like a page that shows you the name of the book or the name of the short story and who did the writing and who did the art and all that. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have a, tr- a traditional credits page in there, too. And there was nothing like that in that book. There is something, I know, I feel in my heart of hearts, there is something about this book that happened that we will never know. Because that is not the norm for a special multi-creator like maybe book. somebody else's story got thrown out and she had and they were like hey can you fill some pages or or what i think happened is that was supposed to be just a regular issue of wonder woman uh sensational wonder woman specifically but because stephanie's already doing uh wonder woman evolution they felt it would be weird to have her do wonder woman evolution and, and sensational uh wonder woman at the exact same time so they staple it in with a bunch of short stories too to like make it into a special and just say special. Right. Yeah, which is kind of weird to do special for... A book that's a, just anthology. Right, I agree. Like, how do you do... Because, you know, you, you, you kind of refer to it uh, jokingly as the annual. Yeah, it is. But you don't really do an annual... For a special... For, for an for anthology. Yeah, no, I know. An anthology. That's very disappointing. That's so, very disappointing. I don't know. I get you. I, like... Well, you would think that would be my pick of the week because it's, it's Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman and, and you get somebody. But no, but and it, they were all good stories. There was nothing bad in there. No, this is this is not a bad artist but writer thing. This is a bad yeah marketing so much. Yeah, and in my head, it just something isn't fitting right because I'm I'm a little nuts. That's fine. We're nerds. So what is your pick so, of the week? So oh, that was a good one. It was good too. get the Jeopardy music playing here. I don't know. It's this one or this one. Really? It's this or this. Really? This or this. Well, this you had a better review of. I did. Yeah. I All right. Did. So because I don't know what to expect with it. All right, here you go. Make be. your pick. Playthings from Scout Comics by way of Black Caravan is your pick of the week. We'll have to do a whole separate I, tag I, for I, all the artists and creators here. I am a junkie. <laughs> so congratulations, John Clark, Travis <laughs> Williamson, April Brown, and Sean French. I love the idea of this. Right. I, I, I can't wait to read more. Fair enough. And now for something completely different. Oh, this is going to be This is heartbreaking. This is going to be bad. I, will, I didn't even bother tagging anyone from this comic because this is going to be very bad. Animal Castle, issue four. We're done. Goodbye. I, I can't help you anymore. So, remember... Bye. bye! My very first issue of Animal Castle, I adored it. The art is gorgeous. The lettering, it, the comic itself is beautiful. 
But I had a small problem with it. For whatever reason, they would try and include so many words on so many pages, and it kind of got tough to read. Issue 2 was more of the same. Issue 3 was more of the same. And finally, when it got to issue 4, I can't do it anymore. I asked, I begged, I pleaded. I'm just going to flip through the pages. And maybe this is wrong to give away the book like this. I don't care anymore. Well, that's only being able to read it from here. <laughs> yeah, no one. If you so pick up, pick up playthings. Pick up playthings. Open a playthings to a random issue, just a random, a random page. You can almost make out what's happening in that book, right? From this distance, in Animal Castle, it's impossible, and you have to zoom in, and I mean all the way in, and that's not even the worst part of it. Look at this. Look at this. Look at all these word bubbles. Look at all these boxes. Guys, you are killing me. Back-to-back -back pages of this. We continue. Three, four, five. Six. It never ends. It never ends. Why didn't you just make this into a prose novel? I'm genuinely serious about this. I adored this book, but you have lost me. You have completely lost me. What thought? Who thought this was a good idea to put this much jargon into a comic book? It is a comic book. I don't mind reading. I don't mind reading at all. But you are killing me with the amount of yeah. Thank you, Swiss. Christopher <laughs> showed up. I am so depressed by that comic. It is so heartbreaking. I loved the art. I loved where the story was going. I loved that it was a variation on animal form. I loved everything about it, but you have absolutely lost me because you cannot, for whatever reason, space out the wording or make it even fucking legible. And I'm being serious when I say it is illegible. Elder Strange, can you even read some of these things? No, it's it really hurts. So El made a, El made a really good point of saying maybe this comic would be better off being digital where I could swipe from panel to panel and zoom in and zoom out and actually read it. That or make the comic much bigger, longer. Much longer. And open up and expand a lot of this. This this is unconscionable. It is so bad a Blaze Comics. I don't know who the editor is on this. Let me see if I can look it up. But the editor is um, Rich Young, managing editor, Kevin Kettner, and then the designer is right... Guys, come on. No one can look at this page and say this is good for a comic book. No one. And if you are, you're doing yourself a disservice. You're doing your artist, you're doing your writer, you're doing everyone a huge disservice. I'm sorry to be so mean about it and to be so blunt, but frankly, that is depressing because of how much I loved that book. Because it's it's not like they just did it for a couple pages here and there. It's every it's page. It's every page, There's every four issue. issues yes. already. Enough. Enough is enough. This really ought to have been a prose novel with some art thrown in. Which would have been fine, because that's what I expect. When I read a comic book, I expect comic book pages. I expect there to be a couple of panels, some art. I expect there to be a big splash page. It is a comic book. And you went in a different direction, and maybe that was the point. Maybe that was where the art is, is we're going to shove as much story in here as we can. And to do that, we're going to have to make the words very small. I'm sorry, that's not for me. You just, you can't do that. That's not for me. And you know, I posted a photo of this on Twitter, and one of our buddies who works at the comic book store, his whole job is reading comic books every day. I used to run a couple of comic book stores. That used to be my job too. And even he said, that's a bit wordy. 
It is a bit wordy. Remember, I am a comic book nerd. I adore the art form. I've read books that were mostly prose. Um, the Nice House on the Lake has a couple of pages in it that is just writing. There's no art whatsoever. It's just words on a page. We know because of uh, uh, letterers like Taylor Esposito that lettering is crucial, absolutely crucial to making a book. This failed. And I'm sorry, but it's true. It doesn't help that it's very thin lining with the the, the, the text. And how could it? It has so to it be. It makes it harder for your eyes to be able to focus. It has on to be though, because because it's like okay, how am I how am I supposed to be able to focus and read small writing like that if it's not at least in bold or something? I don't know. Maybe we're just getting too old and we can't handle it. I don't think so. I don't think that's it at all. I don't think that's it at all. If this was if this was an animated series, you wouldn't have cared. If this was a prose novel, you wouldn't have cared. Mm -hmm. If this was a much longer run, I don't know how many issues of Animal Castle is supposed to be, but it should. I don't know how you got through four issues. Of... It's because the, it's because the characters are beautifully drawn. The art is so pretty, and I, the book yeah. itself is so well put together. It's the the pages are gorgeous. Everything about it is gorgeous. But then again, I can all I have to do is open the book up to random pages, and you can see. How much wording is on here? Well, it's even too much. This compared to the other pages you showed, this is like half the wording. Right. But it's still It'll, overwhelming. It's so overwhelming. Because even here, where they could have easily expanded in some way, they still didn't. Nope. And it's still just as small. And you can't... It's just depressing because, again, I adored this book. And here we are, even towards the end of the issue, and we're still going full bore. Just endless dialogue. Endless dialogue. To me, when I look at that, I immediately think that they had a restriction on how many pages Maybe. they could do. Probably. And because so, it the editing had to like come somewhere, they, yeah. They had to cram it down. Uh, even like the panels look smaller. It just looks like everything was kind of shrunk that down was every to, issue. to get it fit in. Uh, no, I'm just saying, like, I the, know. you know, overall, they're, they're trying to divide it up into a, a particular amount of issues and, and stuff. So I don't know. Uh, but with that in mind, that's why I feel like maybe digital might maybe. be better for this. Maybe. maybe if you can read it panel by panel, maybe it'd be easier. I mean, you lose you lose that flow that you look for while reading comics. No, because we've read some digital comics that work great. We've read that. No. But I'm telling you yeah. that that that's my argument when it comes to digital comics is that I like being able to kind of see ahead and behind and just kind of like. I understand. Go with it, and you don't always get that when you're reading a so, yeah. digital. So sadly, Animal Castle issue four, that is the last issue on my pile. If I find out issue five is the last issue, I might just buy it just to complete the set. But you're going to... I'm going to lock you in a room somewhere and read it, because while you read these, you get very antsy. I'm physically... <laughs> you, look, you look like you want to rip your skin off. <laughs> I, it, I feel like it. We here at The Read Pile have three specific, specific creators that we tend to read at least one comic of theirs every single week. This started off originally as a joke, but has actually become the reality. And those three creators are Colin Bunn, Tom Taylor, and Tom King. This week on The Read Pile, we have Tom Taylor, Dark Ages, issue six of six. Ding! Oh, what is this? Is this the last? This is the last, this is the last Tom Taylor book. Aside from Seven Secrets, to not feature, not be a part of the DC uh, Comics continuity that I am aware of. Get it while you can. Get it, get it while it's hot, girl. 
Man, this is not a Tom Taylor comic. Oh. It was it was too beautiful. It was too happy. It ended so so wonderfully. There was so much love and joy and happiness. Did he did he leave a turd on the boss's desk? <laughs> he just he just squatted one out. And, but what's funny is like we're sitting here we're sitting here complaining. I'm complaining about how lovely of an ending it was. I'm mad about how not enough people were horribly murdered. I'm disappointed that the comic is going to end on a positive note. Like, because hey, this hey, is what you've done to me, Tom Taylor. No, Tom Taylor, you told me to question everything. Question everything? <laughs> question everything. Always be sad about things. Never be joyful. Nothing's going to work out. Everyone dies. <laughs> It's really weird to read Dark Ages issue six and come away and go, oh, that was very sweet. Hey, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> it ends it ends so so beautifully and so sweet, and there is a happy ending, and it works out really well. And you know, the, the mass quantities of death and destruction that I come to expect from a Tom Taylor alt-verse comic book. Which you have been seeing in this series. Some, yes. There is also a very big death in this issue too as well. I s- yeah, well, esque. Um, I still contend that this was supposed to be a longer story, and I will never know this for sure. And I doubt Tom Taylor will ever tell me, and for good reason. For one, I'm not Tom Taylor. I don't know how he thinks. For two, uh, I don't know the inner workings of how this book was plotted or when he wrote it or any of this other stuff. This is me just being purely speculative and only speculative. I really feel like we wrap. We we hit the wrap it up button. We, 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 run, we ran this shit. We, there are so many cool characters in this book. So much world building. Remember, I mentioned how Tom Taylor does this incredible job of creating universes. Better than John Hickman, as far as I'm concerned, these days. And man, we, we got to that end. We, got, we crossed that finish line in a fucking hurry. We got there fast, Hoss. Still was awesome. The art, uh, Ibn uh, Ivan uh, Kalia. I'm sorry if I mispronounced your last name. Kaleo, um, fucking gorgeous artwork, just absolutely beautiful. I love this book. I just wanted more. That's the end of the story. I wanted more of this, and I don't know why we didn't get twelve issues out of it because Lord knows we absolutely could have. Um, but it was time for him to move on. Yeah, yeah. And again, maybe this was always the intention of the story that it was always just going to be this quick. By the way, shout out to I, Deadpool for getting the best kill in the entire series. I will like. I would like to say though, like, do you? Well, I would like to ask actually. Do you feel like it would have been appropriate or okay for somebody else to pick up this series? No, like, absolutely not. That's a very good question. No, this was a Tom Taylor script, and it has all of the Tom Taylor beats that I know and love. And I'm not saying it was bad. It wasn't. I'm not saying it wasn't worth my time. It was. I am saying this. This was teased. So long ago that we picked up the teaser issue on Free Comic Book Day oh in my our God, yeah. in our old store in the old location of the old store when I was still one of the managers there. <laughs> so you got to remember how long ago this was actually teased. Oh wow! You waited so long. You did. Like this is this is that was back when you didn't even know who he. That's right. I just didn't know the name. Yeah, I didn't who know. Is this guy? Who is this Tom Taylor? Tommy? T- Thomas okay. Tuma Taylor. Thomas. So, anyway, I loved it. I am sad it's over because I wanted more. Mm-hmm. And that's always a positive when, when it leaves you wanting more. The next two, uh, by the way, these, these next three issues are all the last issues of these series. 
For now. Oh, dun, dun, you think there'll dun. be more? Oh, yeah, Phil, let me know. That's what goes. Okay. Moving on. My Day with Monsters, issue did 5 of 5. Oh, you did it. Okay. What? I didn't know if there were other covers to it, but this is the cover I saw yeah, it is. online. It's so this is Chubb. Chubb has been the demon that's been haunting uh, Risa and killing all the Risa uh, folks. Um, this issue is this issue is very much a last issue. Uh, they do a great job. Paul Tobin here does a fantastic job of wrapping this shit up in a very good way. You do not feel pressed, and they also leave a lot un- unfinished. There is a lot more here. There's a lot more story here that could come back out. So I would be very excited if another volume of My Date with Monsters does debut. I'm not saying it will. I forgot to tag Taylor in this one, too. Sorry, Taylor Esposito. So, again, let me just show you something real quick, Elle. So, this is Taylor Esposito doing doing the, the lettering. Hold that real quick. Hold that real quick. And this is not Taylor Esposito doing the lettering. And uh, let's see the difference here. Let's let's show the difference. And this is the last time, I swear. There we go. Right. Taylor doing a great job. Now, this was fun. This was <coughs> exactly what I wanted. We do not get the permanent forced love rape marriage thing because remember the whole point is that Risa is trying to find a husband or a wife I suppose or a person to fall in love with so that the nightmare universe can close out this issue changes that entire parameter oh so how you felt it was going to? closer okay so in this issue we find out that the nightmares aren't aren't attacking us for no no good reason they have reason they have reason humanity has only existed for a fraction of the time that the nightmare universe, that the mares have existed in their world. And, he, and humans have this way about them that when they go to sleep, they dream. And no other creature really does this. And sometimes when they dream, they get nightmares. And so these nightmares are literally being snatched from their home and dragged into our minds and our reality. And so they are just defending themselves. They, we are the invading force. Not the nightmares. The nightmares don't want to be in our reality. But we keep dragging them back into our reality. So they opened a rift and said, fuck it, we'll go to war. I love that. That was like, really we, cool. We don't want to be part of your world. We, we, we got one. We're fine. We're fine here. Yeah, thanks. And then what's interesting is Croak... Uh, the you know the, the troll the 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 what is his name the, the how sad is that that like nightmares don't want to even want to be well the nightmares are their, their own like the, mankind's so fucked up like they don't want to be well it's one of those things where they never asked for it and in their okay. in their universe <laughs> I was just trying to go deeper I know but like Ch- like so Croak even when he killed when Chubb finally dies Croak is actually sad about it because Chubb mm-hmm. was one of Croak's old friends and they even mentioned it he's like goodbye old friend. And so, Croak doesn't, he does a job, and his job is to eat demons and eat nightmares. But he doesn't necessarily, like, he is just a fort, he's just, he's like a shark. He doesn't necessarily eat eat fish because he wants to. He eats fish because that's what he does. He eats fish. That's my job. That's my job. I take my job very seriously. And so Chubb was sort of like the leader of the, of the invading forces. And it really changes the entirety of the series. Oh, hello, I got kisses. It really changes the entirety of the series and really makes you like recognize that your nightmare might be somebody else's reality. And I loved that. I really, really, really dig my date with monsters. There's more there too. There's also like hints that the sword that Risa's been using is apparently like mystic in a way that she never thought possible because it's made with her own bones. And that's the entire line that we're told about that. And she looks over at Croak like, what the fuck does that mean? And Croak's like, yeah, I'll tell you later. 
We never find out, so that opens the door. Her daughter is on a date with her, you know, her, her new boyfriend, and she's loving life and realizing that maybe being happy isn't about, you know, going back to the way things were, like, because she lost her dad. Yeah, your happiness can evolve. Exactly. There's so much more going on here. I'm hopeful we get a volume two, but again, it's Aftershock. They're very good about, you know, you get five issues and we're done. And that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. I feel like over there they have too many good things uh, no, to let out. I, like, we got to move on. I, Next one, people. <laughs> to your point. We here at The Read Pile have three specific creators that we tend to read at least one issue of every single week. This started as a joke, but has actually become true reality. And those creators are Colin Bunn, Tom Taylor, and Tom King. This week on The Read Pile, I have Colin Bunn's Issue 5 of The Heathens, co-created and co-written with Heath... Uh, how do you say that? Amadio? 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 Amadio. The way you're saying it. Like, sounds like... I'm singing here. His tag is The Other Heath. At The Other Heath. So Colin Bunn and, the, and Heath co-created this together. This has been one of my favorite series. They quoted me in it as well. Um, and in that, he I... did it before that. In, uh, <laughs> I really, really, really loved this. Um, it is a supernatural suicide squad, like, uh, from, you know, a bunch of murderers and killers from across time are being put together to go... You love anything historical. You're a nerd. She's not wrong. <laughs> um, in this issue, we find out that it is exactly what we expected. There is no, there is no redemption. There is no, you're, you're, you've been murdering and raping for hundreds of, you're, you're going right back to hell. Remember in the last issue we saw, uh, she, as she realized that, you know, she'd been lied to and there's this black mountain that she has to go and, and it's just purgatory for all eternity of you murdering everyone and trying to get up this mountain and you're never going to reach the top of it. Huh. Yeah, no, that's what happens. And then yeah. Stalin, everyone dies as they, you know, they, they, ca they kill, um, Jack the Ripper, who we find out was a lady the entire time. We actually knew that on issue one, but they confirm it that, yeah, that was always Jack the Ripper. Um, they all go back to their respective hells. At e When they all return to hell, um, uh, Stalin comes to ask them, you know, hey, you could get out of here. You could go back to Earth. You could do our bidding. And every time they, uh, now when they do that, they tell Stalin to get fucked. They're like, no, we know your story. We know that this is, there's no way out of this. I'm going to stay in my own personal hell loop, which again, they refer, they, they're stuck here for all eternity getting, uh, like Billy, the kid, like re she gets her big reward and her big reward is she gets to live on the sea as part of the ocean as she always was for all eternity. Everyone is, uh, we, there's so many more killers to be found as well, but there is no happy ending here. And honestly, there shouldn't be. These are history's greatest murderers and killers. They probably deserve to be in hell. And Stalin is always there, too. And, yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed Heathens. If you make another volume of this, I'm already signed up. Uh, I really, really, really liked the storyline, the interplay. I loved the idea that this was literally all for nothing. I think that's great. I think it shows that even it, like, you got to keep hell fresh, you know? You got to keep, you got to keep changing up. We, we saw that in The Good Place. There, there, there is something to the term of fresh hell. A fresh hell. A fresh hell is important. Because <laughs> if you're used to it, it ain't hell no more. So I really loved Heathens. It was sad to see it wrap up. I'd love for another volume of it. Um, I feel like they have more opportunity 
for more volumes of Heathens than they do with My Date with Monsters, because that was very fun and very silly and very ridiculous. But a supernatural Suicide Squad, you could wrap, you could do that over and over and over again, and, and you could sort of see that Billy the Kid still kind of wants to maybe go be the hero. So Stalin has already recruited him back. Mm-hmm. We'll see where that goes. I don't, I don't expect any more of this. But if there, there does come more, like say, I don't know, maybe in a couple weeks, a whole new Kaiju, Kaiju score shows up. That would be awesome. I do believe Rick had that first. Rick was the first to say that Kaiju score was going to be a big deal. Especially with all the other Kaiju stores popping up now. <laughs> Everywhere. Moving on. A while ago, I told you guys how much I loved Ecstatics and how much I loved Mike, Milli- uh, Mike Allred and Peter Milligan's story about the Ecstatics. And then they re-released a whole new volume called The Excellent. Well, we have issue two of The Excellent. This was almost my pick of the week. It very oh. near, very nearly, the, these next three issues are very, 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 very good. The Excellent isn't quite my pick of the week because if I'm very honest, this is one of those books that's written just for me. Um, you have to know the backstory. You have to understand who these characters are. You have to understand how insane Zeitgeist has become. All Zeitgeist wants to do, all this guy wants to do is create his own group of heroes to be big-time celebrities. And it's such a great statement on modern society. He's willing to do anything to, to become a celebrity the way that he wants to be. He wants to be revived. He wants to be looked at. He wants to be the zeitgeist, the ghost of the times. He wants it so bad. And he's willing to let anyone die and do whatever it takes. He's willing to manipulate everyone. He's willing to kill anyone he wants. He vomits his, his rage spew onto Gone Girl. You think she's going to die. You think Vivisector's going to die. I will say one thing, though. There's not enough wholesale death in Excellent. We only get one actual death in this issue. And what made Ecstatics and what made X-Force when it was originally debuted so interesting was in that first issue, Zeitgeist gets killed and other members of the team get wiped out too. So I like the idea of Excellent being, of these comics, where you go in and you really don't know who can get it. For a short time, that's why people really tuned into like Game of Thrones. You didn't know who was going to die that week, right? And anyone could get it at any time. So I love comics like that. I love books that just give you the opportunity to go, oh man, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? It's good. And I, it's kind of like, you know, we, don't, we don't care who you like. And just like, it's really, you know, we're just going to shake the bag and we're going to see who's dying all out. This one. He yeah. did. So there is still a good death in here. We also get a uh, the first appearance of Pood, which is dupe backwards. And he's the evil dupe. And if you know what I mean, then you know what I mean. If you know, you know. If There's no point in trying to explain this. Mm. Trust me on this. I. It's like Evil Bender. Just go with that. Who turned out to be not so Evil Bender. What was his name? Flexo? That was a little goatee. little goatee? Yeah. So, I really, really, really love The Excellent. It could have easily been my pick of the week. Not quite. A book that I was certain was going to be my pick of the week this week, but didn't quite get there... Because of the book that is my pick of my week. Oh. You knew this. You knew it as soon as I read it. You knew it was going to be my pick of the week. Anyway, One Dark Night, issue two of three. This, of course, by the incredible artist uh, written and drawn by Jacques. One of absolutely the most gorgeous comics I've ever read. Just so damn pretty. The story moves rapidly. For such a big issue, for such a long comic, 
You do not get bogged down. You do not have any time to breathe. Everything just keeps moving and moving and moving. And that makes perfect sense because the entire point of this book is Batman is carrying this guy, EMP, on his shoulder now because the, the, the entire city of Gotham has gone dark because EMP's power is that he's electromagnetic pulse and he shut down Gotham. So the entire point is Batman has this guy over his shoulder and he is running through Gotham City trying to get to Blackgate because the whole point was to get this guy from Arkham to Blackgate so that his powers wouldn't you know, go nuts when the sun rose up. And Batman explains to you that he's only got five miles. If he runs at this pace, you know, he's explaining to you how quickly he can get there. EMP gets attacked by all the gangs. This is very much a um, uh, Warriors, if you've ever seen the movie Warriors, kind of storyline, where all the gangs are teaming up and realizing that they have an opportunity to not just get rid of EMP, but to get rid of Batman as well. It is so good, but it is an issue too. Hmm. It is an issue too, even though it's only two of three. Yeah, and so that means it is a slower issue, mandatorily. It kind of had to be. It's the midway. It's the midway. It, it's it's the middle. It's the middle act. There's nothing wrong with this book whatsoever. I I implore you, if you don't read the book that is my pick of the week, I guarantee you that uh, uh, one Dark Knight issue two would be. I'm I'm certain of it. But now it's time for my what pick is, of the week. What is your pick of the week? It's DC versus Vampires issue six. Oh, oh, what a joy this book has been! What an absolute joy this book has been. Here you see Barbara on the cover. She's she's teamed up with the Suicide Squad. Well, what's left of the Suicide Squad? If this book wasn't good enough already, the Suicide Squad, a couple of their members have been vampirized, including King Shark. So they get Waller on the horn, and they're like, "Waller, you gotta help us." Harley Quinn's calling this in. He goes. King Shark has been vampirized. Me and uh, uh, Deadshot are trying real hard, and we're we're not <laughs> we're not getting the job done. So Waller starts blowing up all the members of Suicide Squad who've been turned into vampires. Well, that you would think that would be an easy fix. Harley forget Harley forgets to mention that Captain Boomerang had not been turned into a vampire. <laughs> explains to her that you know you she goes <laughs> um so <laughs> captain boomerang's head explodes and harley says oops and then she goes hmm, you know i forgot he was here so which barbara looks at her and goes you were just talking to him and she goes yeah i do that let's keep these let's keep this between us girls to which deadshot turns around and goes what do you mean i'm right here and she says oh yeah i forgot you were there too When you start yelling out, I'm not a vampire! <laughs> <laughs> well, Harley Harley told, you know, uh, Amanda Waller that Deadshot wasn't a vampire. Okay, she didn't tell She me. just forgot to mention that Captain Boomerang wasn't. Uh, so, so James Tinney IV and uh, uh, Matthew Rosenberg, uh, Matthew Rosenberg, of course, who is uh, one of my favorite writers right now doing Task Force Z, they co-wrote this. And you can feel how much more Matthew Rosenberg is actually, like, contributing here. Like, you can sense... His, his level of humor. That dark, dark, dark humor that's in this book. But don't worry, because James Tinian is here to make all of our days worse. And we get, uh, we, we get the capture of Wonder Woman. They actually do a really smart thing where they capture Wonder Woman in her own lasso. Because remember, the lasso is connected to her soul. 
So if the lasso breaks, she would die. So they know that she can't bust out of the lasso. They put them under some heat lamps while the Bat family tries to get away. Um, we get a great image of um, um, Alfred uh, cutting off the arm of Green Lantern, thus rendering him, sort of neutering his powers and abilities, even though he's still a vampire. We find out that the Joker is not the King of the Vampires. We find out who the King of the Vampires is. No spoilers, this issue just debuted. We also have an incredibly massive couple of deaths uh, outside of, you know, the Suicide Squad and the Joker. There are some serious, serious, um, to quote, uh, 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 what is the show? Um, uh, Our Flags Mean Death. Mm-hmm. There's some serious fuckery in this issue. Something significant. It is so well written and so well drawn. And for, you know, this to be the middle point of the series and for what happens, how characters are killed... Remember how I was like, I don't understand how DC versus vampires, and to a lesser extent, I didn't know what to expect, how quickly we were moving through Dark Knights of Steel and DC versus vampires. I get it now. I understand why Dark Knights of Steel is going to be 12 issues. I understand why DC versus vampires is going to be 12 issues. One of my good friends, my head coach at my gym, Coach Mike Lee, he's not a big DC guy. Most of his DC comics were deceased. He loved deceased. He's a big zombie guy. He agrees that DC vs. Vampires is without question the best DC comic out there right now. I don't know about that, because again, he only reads like two, but it is way, way, way up there. It is so good, and so well drawn, and so well written. Hmm. So, that wraps up the read pile for this week. Here you go. Our picks of the week are DC vs. Vampires issue 6 of 12, and Playthings issue 1. I also recommend... uh, excellent if you haven't started that and of course the incredible one dark night by Jacques. thanks so much for tuning in guys or listening to us on anchor or watching us on youtube we will be back next week with more comics possibly a ring light and maybe less audio issues which is also nice uh until then i am the Sussman rick Sussman for the original angry nerd girl l the strange reminding you to please go out get space bastards hardcovers they are wonderful they are gorgeous and they look great on the shelves Visit with our friends at Haven for Heroes, Mad Cave. Listen to the IndieCast on the WNRN. Check out our buddies at BG Comics. Check out our friend AJ Schumacher. All of our friends, thank you so much. And if you have nothing else to do, venture over. If you want to learn more. Sorry, not if you have nothing else to do. I apologize. If you <laughs> don't have enough of us in your life, venture over to uh, Instagram. I'm trying to wrap it up because i got to pee really bad. Right. Uh, <clears throat> Head over to Instagram and check out Ella Strange's blog, So You Have a Chronic Illness, where you can learn more about what it's like to live with being an MS warrior, a medical marijuana advocate, and how you can interact with people who also have chronic illness, like Swiss. Swiss Swiss don't (laughs) like his back end touched. So you can learn about what it's like to live with chronic illness and speak with others who do. Again, I am the Sussman Rick Sussman. She is the original angry nerd girl, Ella Strange. We'll be back next week. And until then, say goodbye, Elle. Bye, Elle. Dink. 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 Oh! And finally, the audio only. Goodbye, audio only friends. Enjoy the commercials. <laughs>